0: 6 to 7 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia.
1: Before the game was was a funny situation because my goalkeepers told me that the goal was small and I went by myself and of course the goal was small because uh, the goalkeepers, they leave Hours and hours and hours in the goal, so they know when the goal is not the right dimensions. I'm not a goalkeeper, but I am in football since a kid, and I know when I stand there and I stretch my arm, I know the distance. So I felt immediately that something was going wrong. We got um, the UEFA delegate to confirm, And yes, it was five centimeters smaller, which, of course, we asked, we demand for the the goals to be replaced for goals of the right dimension.
2: And a very good evening, everybody. Thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, Tabiso Musia, Katleko Modiba and Timothy producing the show. And uh, Patrick Munana is our technical producer. Well, how's that? That clip we've opened with uh, that of Tottenham manager Jose Mourinho complaining about the size of goalposts in the Europa League uh, qualifying match against Sheik in North Macedonia. He even posted pictures on social media saying that I thought I had grown, but then I realised that the goal was five centimeters lower spares won that game at 3-1 but um, the big st- big story outside the result is the size of the goals sp- the goal posts and they had to be changed ahead of the game how's that hey football full of surprises. But anyway um, it is a flashback Friday uh, where we sit back, take it easy, move away from the drama and the politics that is South African sport and we celebrate our heroes of years gone by uh, by reflecting on their journeys, their challenges and sacrifices made along the way and tonight we will be in conversation with one of the unsung heroes of South African sport, especially women's football in particular. This is somebody who has owned the club for over 30 years. She is still going strong. She discovered a number of players who went on to cover impressive careers over And at Banyana Banyana level, and those include Veronica Pewa. I'm sure we all remember Veronica Pewa if we watched Banyana Banyana back in the day, and a former captain, of course, Amanda Lamini. We are talking tonight to Mary Jane Sokela, who has also worked and served football alongside the likes of Natasha Chiklas, Friend Hilton Smith, and many more. And tonight we'll highlight her involvement and celebrate her contribution to women's football. She is the owner of Deben Ladies of Football Club, and she will be our guest for the entire so if you uh, are familiar, if you know Mary Jane Sokela, please get in touch with us. Please share with us her story or, or your experiences or your story that you can share about her. You can send us voice notes to this WhatsApp number, which is 61 4104107 You can also call us directly on 891 and you can SMS us to 41391. Let me repeat that number for WhatsApp or voice notes. It is 07 and i do know that there is a live cricket game on the go i mean we've been craving for cricket action that all of us have been following the ipl religiously now it is the Delhi capitals up against the chennai super kings and the Delhi capitals made 175 for three in their 20 overs there with uh, a previous show sure the youngster blasting 64 there and uh, in reply the chennai super kings are now on 23 for one in the fifth over so their target is 176 and uh, up next uh, lined up to bet is uh Plessis. he actually should be coming in now because i see shane watson is walking back so he's out so Plessis has just come in and join Morali Vijay at the crease so we'll keep you updated with that IPL match Delhi Capitals 175 for 3 in their 20 overs they've set the Chennai Super Kings 176 to win Gidi has been dropped by Chennai or is out of the match uh, because he went for hiding in the last game so we'll try and keep you updated throughout this hour
0: Zansi's sporting milestones moments and stories flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musiya
2: mentioned tonight we're in conversation with Deben ladies fc chairperson mary jane Sokela, who is a celebrated pioneer of women's football in south africa having been in the game for over 30 years now developing a number of banyana banyana stars who have represented the nation with distinction and she will tell us how her love for football started and what it takes to run a football club for over three decades mary jane good evening from us on safm thank you very much for speaking to us this evening
3: Good evening, Carissa, my brother. Uh, I'm
2: good, and how are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. I hope you enjoyed your Heritage Day. How did you celebrate it, if you did? Trust me, I was in church. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Let's
3: say one gets one transform.
2: You can never go wrong with going to church, Mary Jane. I'm I'm glad you were able to go to church. You have been involved in women's football, I mentioned, for over three decades now. What keeps you going? Because you're still going strong.
3: My secret is, either is nothing other than communicating with God all the time. Because currently I don't have a technical sponsor that you are aware of. We spoke about it earlier on. So the only person that keeps me going each day, each season, is purely God's magic works. Mm. Because I really don't know how I also survive through my salary, part here we are after three years, so surviving. Sure. So prayer is the key in everything that you do. Before you know it, the season is over, and because I hate some are selected in Banyana, some are having careers through your, your, your effort, and uh, you just keep going.
2: And what is your vision? What is your dream? How far do you want to take this?
3: I would have achieved my vision if, in the next five years, I could see Japan ladies having full development sites. I mean, all the way down to the under eight. That would have been my vision. But mostly, mostly, I would love to see the players that have been in Ladies before that have almost hung them, they are put up, coming back and, work, and working for Debian Ladies in the development structure. So if I could get that kind of money to be able to do the development and also be able to pay my players, because some of them are currently not employed, even though they have competitive time as they have passed on. They are still not employed. So if I can have those players coming back and working for the club that they belong, I would have done my job.
2: And on that note, why is it so hard to attract sponsorship or to get sponsorship or, or corporate backing, and uh, not just for women's football, a number of women administrators that we've spoken to on the show, they always tell us about the challenges.
3: I think basically because the system in our country does not really focus on women the way it should. Um, most of the federations don't promote women's sports. They just promote football, but not really put much into women's football, as it really, really deserves. Even though globally it is an, an eye-catch, but still in South Africa, they still see it as a required thing to be, to be promoted. You know, it's not even that kind of preference. Even the marketing of, the, of women's football is not where it's really supposed to be. Because even though Safa is still trying to have one or two games that are played on television in the Women's National League, but a lot of things happening at grassroots level, the public doesn't know anything about. So it's difficult to come and sell something that people don't see and don't read about it much.
2: Mm, so it needs to be better marketed because I mean we seeing Banyana Banyana producing the results; they are even qualifying for the Olympic, well, the last Olympic games and the World Cup. You are saying that we just need more women's football, just needs more exposure.
3: That's exactly my problem. That the only thing that people see is Banyana Banyana, mm. and they only see that Banyana Banyana when Banyana is for a huge event. But they don't see the actual women's football going on at grassroots level, at provincial level, at regional level. Because those are the things that we need to promote because that's where Banyana Banyana comes from. So if we're only focusing on the national team, it's going to be difficult to have the grassroots development in women's football being properly done with proper support from the the corporate
2: world. And having been involved in the game for over 30 years and as an administrator also, is there a will, though, uh, to improve the standard of women football or just to improve its marketability?
3: There is a great chance. I can bet you, if women's football can be properly marketed and given the, the, the attention that it's are supposed to, right from the, the, the regional level or the district level, the, the talent and the skill that one would see in women's football would definitely shadow men's soccer, if I can put it that way, just like that, because those young girls are very skillful. You can see the amount of competition that they give when they play against young boys. Girls are very skillful. They've got every talent that it takes. They just need to be given that chance and that, and that privilege. And before you know it, even Banyana won't have a problem of having supporters feeling in their stadium. Because when women's football is playing um, internationally, it is the only sport that keeps um, the, the, the stadium filled into its full capacity.
2: And on that note, where do you stand in the conversation about equal pay? I mean, we've seen Brazil recently, we've seen England recently, and some Scandinavian countries that they're offering equal pay now for their men and women's national teams.
3: Equal pay? <laughs> We're still struggling to get the grants uh, paid mm. um, all the time. You talk about equal pay professionally. That's miles, miles, miles away. Right now? We're still struggling and, and com- communicating with SAFA to say, hey, guys, please pay us the grant on time. Please pay us the grant um, before we play, not after we have played. So there are a little bit of uh, administrative issues that still need to be sorted out in SAFA. So getting paid as clubs, as as a clubs, club, is, is, is not going to happen anytime soon because the league that you're playing on, SAFA made it... Uh, um well known to us that it's not a professional league, it's a women's national league. They said it's not professional, so we can't be talking equal pay. It still needs to be professional first, according to their explanations, before we can talk payment.
2: But that must be tough then as a club owner. You don't get your grant on time and you've already mentioned that you don't have corporate backing. You are forced now to use your own money then to go to these games or or to, to put things together for the matches.
3: Trust me. In some pension, you go, you come in. The manager's close the doors. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, you 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 end up withdrawing from your investment. You end up making loans against your policies, and uh, you end up withdrawing from your pension. So by the time I go to pension, I won't even have money to cruise around because it's, it's all into different ladies by time it's worth it when you see your girls winning and becoming better people in in, in life. So, mm. that's how I've been surviving so far.
2: But do you eventually get the money then for the grants? I mean, do you have everything that was owed to you, maybe from the past season? For
3: uh, so the past season, you still got overdue that you are now sorting out and Safa is taking up the issue, the president is taking up the issue, it's being sorted out, and hopefully everything will be uh, completely done before the end of before next weekend according to the finance department.
2: Okay, let's hope so. And I think it's something for us to also follow up. But let's get back to you, Mary Jane. I mean what made you get into football and what attracted you to the sport? Because I believe you were a teacher back in the day.
3: I still am a teacher. You are still teaching? You still yeah. run my I'm still am I'm the teacher. And um getting to football was right, I've always been involved in sports. Even though it's been athletic in school, mm. I was more involved in, in, in field events. Um, but I used to love football because at home, my my father was an Orlando Pirates fan. So we ended up all following Orlando Pirates to date. I will always a Pirates too. You know, once and once always. Once Since 1937. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm still a pirate fan. So the love of football that I had then... Um, just channels into women's football because I began to notice each time the school closed around my era, I would be having girls sitting and doing nothing, some of them getting into benzene and whatever. So it just occurred to me and my sister's that let's just a club, let's start a club, club nothing serious, just to keep us going off school. But then it started changing um, the tone when we were directed to East football association and we learned that there is a league for women's football. Even though it's not under ICP, we were directed by Ronnie and not the president, then to Southern Natal. We got into Southern Natal and we realized oh, there are teams here, white teams, uh, colored teams, and we are only the black team. And it was interesting to join and start playing in the league. So it just started growing from then. And in 93, things started changing for me when I was um, elected as the manager of the Southern Natal squad. We went to Pretoria for the inter-provincial tournament. And in that um, interprovincial tournament, I got the award of being the best manager then. Mm-hmm. And I also was selected, uh, elected for um, the, 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 the the manager, the assistant manager to Tara Carroll, who was the banana Banyana manager then. Oh. So I found myself talking uh, international football. Before I knew it, we were going to Zimbabwe to play the international friendly. And from there, it just started booming
2: all the way. Oh, great stuff. Dara Carroll is the one that worked the Chiefs, right? Exactly. Yes. And I believe the club initially, before it was Deben Ladies FC, it was Umla the first Eagles. Was that the same club? I started the club
3: in 1990 as Umla the first Eagles. And when we played in the league, we used to play outside uh, King's Park uh, Rappi Stadium. Mm. And Mike Markup, who was the manager of Amazuru then, would come around and watch us playing. So in 1997, Mike invited me over to, to come with the girls and become the wing of Amazuru, because Amazuru did not have a woman football side. Mm. Which we agreed, because it was nice, we started having clothing, check suits, soccer boots, whatever, and uh, the vision was good. But things started changing after Mike had left. So in 2000, I had to move out of Amazulu and give birth, which gave birth to Debian Ladies because the vision of the manage, Amazulu management then did not really include and um, cater for women's football. They were just not interested. So we just had to move out and then I I, I changed the name from Amazulu to Debian Ladies because it was still me and my girls all the way. So here we are still.
2: That must have been disappointing and a tough one to take then if there was if you felt there was no interest from Amazulu to have a ladies' club.
3: It was it was disappointing. It was disappointing, especially after the mileage because we were doing so extremely well. That was at a time when the Veronica Pewers were 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 doing extremely well in in in, in Banyana Banyana. A lot of players that we we produced. We're representing kids in Banyana Banyana. We're talking uh, Makosa Zanizungu, we're talking Nandi Bamlomo. we're talking who was the goalkeeper then. We, we were there, giving Amazulu mileage, because at the time we were part of Amazulu wing even though it was the case that I came with as well as Eagles, But we were giving the mileage every day. We were winning every pub, everything. So I didn't think the new management really thought about it, because if they did, they wouldn't have let us go.
2: So, how were they assisting you? Were they assisting you with kit? Were they assisting you financially?
3: Oh, well, they were only assisting us with kit, to be quite honest, after Mike was born. Because I went there to paying for the club registration myself, like I was doing before. The refugees were coming from me, as I was doing before. So, I really had no reason for saying that. We were also struggling with clothing after Mike was born. Everything just fell apart. So, it just, I was really giving the mileage for nothing. We were not receiving anything in return after my Maka was gone, so it was no use.
2: Was it was it a lack of will or was it one of those cultural things? Because I know some clubs from experience will say, "Ah, if we have a women's club, here, it's osfageli party."
3: Yeah, it was. I think it was more of a cultural thing. It was more of a cultural thing with the new management because they didn't want to see a a woman on the field of play. But unfortunately, even though the development coaches down there. Really loved the girls and loved coaching and assisting the girls. But if the owner of the club is saying, this is my money, this is my club, this is my say, you take it to leave it, then it becomes difficult.
2: That's a tough one. Okay, let's go to the lines because we've got our friend Hilton Smith. Good evening. Thank you for joining us on SAFM. Good evening. Thank you very much for having me and your listeners. Great to hear from you, coach, former Banyana Banyana coach, friend Hilton Smith, another long serving administrator of the beautiful game here. We've got Mary Jane Sokela here. For those who are coming across this name for the first time, friend, what can you tell us about Mary Jane?
4: I need all um, <laughs> We've been uh, comrades, sisters for, I think, something like 38 years or more now. Um, Mary Jane and me have been to Allenbeck for women's football. Um, we suffered. We've had very little or no recognition for our efforts. We nearly got killed for women's football. We were at the Picard Commission fighting for the rights of women's football. So, Mary Jane, I love you. You have done amazing things for women's football. You've produced legends, as you've mentioned yourself. I don't know how you've kept going. You deserve all the rewards that possibly could come your way. I hope to change these things of women like yourself getting nothing. But from my side, I appreciate what you've done. And keep going, Mary Jane. You're going to be seen and heard one day. I was
2: about Thank to- you so much, I- Yes, I was about to ask, friends, do you think she gets the recognition that she deserves? But I think you've already touched on that.
4: No, no, no women in football get the recognition they deserve. That's just a fact. Mm. Um, And we need to change that. And I'm busy working on that because there's too many women and men and men who have contributed hugely to women's football over the years. And they get no recognition and no rewards whatsoever, and it's completely wrong.
2: yeah, I know that's disappointing. Mary Jane friend is on the line how oh, how would you describe the role that she's played in your journey because she says you you've known each other for over thirty years, well over thirty years.
3: Actually, I will give most of the credit to her because remember I said uh, in 1993 I was in Pretoria in the interprovincial Tour- in, in, tournament. Yes. Friend was the president of women's football then because women's football was first independent, so it was South African Women's Football Association, and Fran was the president at that period when I, I was given a chance of managing Banyana Banyana because they were no North- of being the assistant manager to direct her role in Banyana Banyana because there were not too many black women, if I can put color into it, involved in women's football then. So it was a huge opportunity for me. And she made me grow because from then she taught me so much about administration in women's football. And before I knew it, I was serving in the National Women's Committee. And I keep learning from her a lot of things because she's been there before me. So she, she she contributed a lot to, to what I am. And some of the international friendlies that I played as Durban ladies, she organized. Uh, at some point we played at least in action in Durban. That was a USA team that came down and we beat them one nil. And the mayor, Mr Honourable Opet Mlaba then was so excited he made us a mayoral reception. So it was it was it was it was so much that I learned from him he, from her
2: oh that's great thank you friend for joining us it's good to always hear uh from you
4: No thanks uh, to be and keep going Mary join we're gonna get
2: there thanks Frenzo. thank you over there she mentioned that you were almost killed or you feared for your life during the picket commission um the little that i remember about it because i was at school at that time it was that it was looking into at the administration of safa and the nsl and the financial affairs how do you look back at that Picket Commission inquiry of 1997?
5: Uh, if a
3: lot of things that are recommended by Picket were actually implemented and done, we would have been in a better position as a country in terms of women's football. Because administratively at the time, a lot of things were done wrongly. Mm. A lot of things were done wrongly. And a lot of things were, a lot of money were unaccounted for. And they were used as, as part of, being used under women's football. And it was heartbreaking because women's football was very struggling at that time. So those were the issues that we were raising to say, you cannot have this appearing on the statement when it actually didn't happen practically because we were there. We knew what happened and what didn't happen. So we started getting threats, get threats. At some point, a uh, friend's car was shot At some point, Judge Pica had to change my flight after he was seen together, I was going to be shot at the airport, etc., etc., but through wheel we still here. Sure.
2: And what are some of those recommendations that you wish had been implemented?
3: One of those was the proper marketing of women's football. One of those was allocating budget for women's football, because women's football could not have any activities with the same activities that we had then that we still have now, that there is no money for women's football. And it's heartbreaking because somebody at, at, at the federation needs to look for women's football sponsorship and funding. So we cannot say we cannot have cup games like men, have net bank, have ABSA, have whatever. We cannot say we cannot have cup games because there is no sponsor. Who must look for the sponsor if not the federation? So somebody needs to cater for women's football under 18. Somebody needs to cater for women's football under 15. Somebody needs to look for something somewhere. If we're calling ourselves administrators of football, we cannot be saying there is nothing when we're actually not doing much for what we're supposed to be developing.
2: So did you also fear for your life at the time? Yes, I did. Um, yes, I did. Okay.
3: But you know, when you're passionate about something, you, you just keep going and you, you wake up being told not to go, but you still go. Because I still
2: went for all the commission hearings. Thomas Gwenaite was there, by the way. He never missed one. So... Oh, yes, I Yes, he told <laughs> us actually about that story. Thomas Pratike also fearing for his life. All well, death threats, I think, were made actually against Thomas Gwenaite at the time. For those who are just joining <laughs> our conversation, we are talking to long serving uh, administrator Mary Jane Sokela, owner of uh, chairperson of Devon Ladies Football Club. She's been involved in the game for well over 30 years and uh, she uh, groomed uh, Banyana Banyana stars like Veronica Pewa and Amanda Damini and we're also going to get into that but let's play a voice note
6: hi this is mary jane it's andy Ledlamini here i am here just to tell you that we appreciate you you are a phenomenal woman thank you so much for always fighting for women's football and making sure that uh, you push boundaries we thank you we thank you we thank you and we see your hard work may god fill you with blessings and may everything that you touch be a blessing from me andy Ledlamini, i love you
2: Oh that's I'm a humbled. Thank you so much, Andy Le. That's a nice one. Is that is that the goalkeeper sticks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what what can you tell us about Andy Le? When did you come across her?
3: Funny enough enough. she never actually came across me. But she always knew I was there. <laughs> because I've always been supporting Banyana Banyana. If, if you are playing around I would go to chop and watch the game. But hmm. she has not been that close to me. But she knows me and I know her. Because uh, I've been there, I know the team, I always go around when they play, that's the team support.
2: That is awesome. Thank you for that voice note, sticks. We've got another one.
6: Hi, So My name is and I just wanted to say thank you so much for interviewing Umam MJ. She's done such amazing work in women's football in the country. I mean, she started working with the Ibanyana. Before it was called Ibanyana, I think it was called Soweto Ladies at the time, when they even went to Zimbabwe in 1993. And she also worked with such amazing people in the football space and some inspiring women uh, players like Veronica oh, Peewa, Nomakusa Zanizungu, so if you look at the work that she's done and with the Durban ladies turning 30 this year you can see that she's really passionate about women's football and she really inspires us us as young and administrators wuti because you know she started in a space where there was no funding and there was no money and she's still going strong until today i just want to say thank you so much for giving her a, pl- a platform and we are truly inspired
0: evening tt and all safm listeners this is ben um Titi, I'm hearing the mama's story over there, the old lady story, and it's it's shocking that in this day and age of professional sports, like the women's game still isn't uh, professionalized, um, viewed in such a professional manner as the men's game. Uh, so I just wanted to ask the old lady there, um what um why does she think um that corporates aren't uh, giving her clubs and specifically women's uh sports because it's not just uh women's soccer that's allegedly going through all these struggles it seems like uh sporting different sporting codes that involve women seem to be except for the netball team i think they got the sponsorship from spouse who why is it that corporates are so hesitant to sponsor, like, um, women's uh, professional sports?
2: Okay, thanks for that, Ben. We did touch on it earlier on, but he missed it, Mary Jane. Just, uh, again, what you were telling us about why it's so hard to get support. Uh,
3: corporate world is of mileage. They want to know how many people are going to see uh, that they've contributed to your sport. And if they are not sure that too many people are going to see what they do, then they're not interested in putting money where there is no money. You're talking netball, getting much money um, or much support. That is because you see netball every Saturday playing on television. And people know there is netball because it plays on television all the time. Now, you come to women's football, they only see it on television when Banyana Banyana has got a huge qualifying game. And other than that, you'd be lucky to see one or two games in the Women's National League playing in television, and that is all. But if it's, if it's done on weekly basis, I'm telling you, things are going to change. Or if it's done twice a month, things are going to change. People need to know that they're investing in what is, can be seen, because all they're talking about is marketing. Now, if you keep it in a little corner down there, like it's happening to women or in other sporting code nobody is going to know about it and nobody is going to want to put money his money in it,
2: unfortunately. Okay, loud and clear there. And then there was a voice note from Uno Zibusiso there and she mentioned Veronica Pewa, one of those who came under you, uh, who was groomed by you. How do you when, firstly, when did you first come across Veronica Pewa because we know her from Banyana Banyana.
3: I came across Veronica Pewa when she was doing grade 10. It's at Umlazi. Then I she stayed with, she played in my team staying nika nyuswa in, in KZN until she started being selected in Banyana Banyana in 97. But she's been with us from like 1994, 93,
2: 94. And could you see at the time that she was destined for greatness? You could see she was,
3: she still is the only deadly left footer I've ever seen in the country.
1: Mm.
3: She, she was, she was, she was amazing. Uh, when she ran down on the left, you, she was put in both feet and you wouldn't know which one she's going to use both picking. Yes. She had a deadly left footer, a deadly one. So you could see the way she was playing. Even males had a problem. Nobody anticipated what she would do with the ball. And, and was, nobody seems that she did with the ball.
2: And she would easily beat defenders and just glide past them, Veronica Piva, <laughs> with those long legs. There, she went to go play overseas, and even in America, are you happy with how her career progressed?
5: Uh, I'm
3: not happy about how her career was administered, but uh, I'm glad she got a chance because the, the, those are the things that that, that, that one needs to find a way of closing the gap on. You know, the, the pinching of players when you've groomed the player mm. and then somebody that you've never seen or heard of anyway, just comes up, takes the player, becomes the manager of the player and does not even involve the club because that's what happens to Veronica. Um, when when she was being extremely well in Banyana Banyana, after coming, to, after going to, 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 that, to London, all of a sudden she had uh, this Nigerian manager called my it was Mike left, right, and center mm. who I've never heard of signing her off uh, into 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 USA and uh, and um, into into Japan as well. Mm. And when you ask about the contract, uh, wanting to see what is written in the contract, nobody wants to give you the contract. Only to realize years later that the contract was saying she is she is uh, contracted to this manager for 10 years and 25% or whatever that she earned would go to the manager. So practically she was working for this guy I've never seen all my life, no head of all my life, all her career life. And when she got injured, the guy was nowhere to be seen. Uh, And that is where her career got destroyed. Because when she was injured playing in, 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 in Japan, she was brought back to home and nobody cared about what happened to her. And she was too shy to... Say, ma, I'm injured and here I am. I
2: need help. Uh, and and a lot of us remember her for coming back from Arsenal when she went with Poshia Mudise and them. Was it disappointing from you uh, that she, they couldn't stay in England at the time or were the reasons understandable?
3: Um, I was disappointed they couldn't stay at the time, but also I understood the reasons because the main reason for, for, for them coming back either than the little things that I'm mentioning is not being paid, not well, not being hit. But the main reason was that educationally they were supposed to pass some of the majors uh, that uh, they had they were contracted to because they got a scholarship um they got a scholarship to, 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 to London, a scholarship bursary. So then playing in Arsenal was depending on how well they're doing in school.
2: Mm, I see. Okay. We've got another voice note. Oh okay not yet. We're going to get into that voice note. Also, for those who are just joining us, we're in conversation with Mary Jane Sokela. She's the chairperson of uh, Deben Ladies FC. Actually, we've got a caller. We've got somebody on the line. Amanda lamini good evening. Hello, Amanda. Is she there? Okay, I believe Amanda Hello. Lamini. Hi, Amanda. Yeah, it's Tabi, so yeah, can you hear us on SAFM?
5: Good evening, Travis, and good evening to all the listeners.
2: Thank thank you for joining us, Skipper. We are celebrating Mary Jane Sokela here, and she's already mentioned you. We've already mentioned you that, uh, I mean, she groomed you. What can you tell us about Mary Jane? She is listening. She's on the line.
5: Oh, someone am I?
2: Yeah,
5: <laughs> And
7: she's probably going to think I'm so sneaky because I refused to take her up on on the offer to send a voice note. She asked me, "No, to send a voice
5: note," <laughs> and I just told them, "I'm like, I Andy I'm doing something very important at the moment." <laughs> yeah, I've got for that one.
2: But we're glad you're on. We're glad you're on the line here. When did you first come across Mary Jane Sokela, Amanda? Or what can you share with us?
7: oh ooh, oh MJ. oh mj is like my mom um o m j took me in when i was just 14 years old um when i arrived at devon ladies i was just 14 years old and um, a lot of people would say in coming into a big city like Eteguini. um i remember i had um a bit of, of of conflict back where i used to stay with my family and I rocked up at her doorstep full of tears and uh, she just opened the door for me and she did not ask questions, gave me a long hug, ran me a a warm bath and she told me that everything was going to be fine. And I think um, from the onset, um, she really demonstrated the motherly instincts. She didn't have to know who I was and what I was about, but she cared for me as a human being, as a child at that moment, um, let alone of the fact that I was playing for her club. Mm-hmm. So, I think um I found someone, not just a manager, who really cared for me as in yake yeah, um and did not really care about what I had to offer for the club and I think everyone can advocate that the m um, j goes beyond just what happens on the field, um the training sessions, the games that we win, um but she goes over and above that to know um who your family is, who are your close friends. And sometimes she even goes deep into, who are you dating? Because I want to know who's taking care of you, who's breaking your heart. Um, But I guess she was just trying to come across as someone who really wanted to mentor us holistically in all aspects of our lives. So she really took me in as one of the children.
2: And at the time, Amanda, did you have ambitions of uh, playing for Banyana Banyana? Was the goal set for you? Did you know your journey, where you wanted to go? Yeah,
7: no, absolutely. I think um, when I approached the Durban Ladies, I found out that they were having um I'm a my child um, in Durban. And um my coaches even told me that there's Veronica Onika Peewa, or, Nelitele, or Amanda Kuala, or Nandi Pamblomo as well. And those are some of the players that were in the Durban Ladies squad that were playing for Ibaniana. <clears throat> so when I saw them playing on TV, I was like, you know what, actually, I, I, I would love to go and play for that club because Ultimately, I'll be rubbing shoulders with these big names that are already there and maybe I might fancy my chances at playing for Ibanina Banyana but I didn't know that my opportunity would come so soon because she was just so strict and um, she really allowed me to be myself but then at the same time really try and navigate the path for me to follow.
2: Great stuff. MJ, Amanda Lamini is on the line. What can you tell us? <laughs> what do you remember about Amanda Lamini when she first came to you?
3: <laughs> so much. But <laughs> shy, uh, but she was good. But she wasn't sure what to do with how good she was because she was a little bit scared of all the big names that she just mentioned. So one just needed to rub her shoulders and tell her go out and show them what you made of. And even though people were asking who's just she thinks she's gonna take this young girl, who's she gonna get out of of of, of the first eleven? Uh, I just told her playing. You're good at what you're doing. And you don't have to answer who's going to sit on the bench. People would know who sits on the bench when the coach gives the first 11. Mm-hmm. And the first 11 includes you because I could see she's got talent and she's good. And what I loved about her, she was very humble and mm-hmm. very respectful. And still is very respectful. So I, I, just, I just clicked with her. And um, she's a wonderful person to be with, by the way. Um, so she just grows from friend to friend and um, when she's not happy about something I love the fact that uh, she would tell you she's not happy yeah. and if she doesn't know what she didn't do well on, on if she's not sure of what she, didn't, she did on the field she'll come out and ask you ma how did I play where do you think I need to improve so that was a bit encouraging to know that this is the youngster that wants to go somewhere about her football career so she just needed all the help that she could get
2: So, I guess then, with that said, you're not surprised by her success and how far she's taken this?
3: Definitely not. Education has been her friend all the while. She would go to the field and and train, but when she comes back, she would sit down and start doing her homework immediately. We didn't have to remind her about homework at all, at all. So, with the focus that she has, I knew she's going to grow and be a great person that she is, and that I'm very proud of.
2: And I know you and Amanda are now involved in a project with the Engine Knockout Challenge, the women's football element of it, and you keep using Amanda Jamini as an example uh, 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 to share or, or to, sh- to tell these uh, girls or these ones that are playing football about her. What would you like them to take from Amanda's story?
3: A lot of things. One, When you're humble, you go mine. People must learn to be humble and know that fame is good. But fame mustn't get to one's head, because if it does, then definitely the upon are going to be wrong. But more so, I want them to learn that education would take you anywhere, would open all doors, because Amanda just didn't open the doors by football only. She opened the doors because she was educated as well. She could express herself. She could be able to say whatever that she wanted to, to whomever that she wanted to, without being shy because she's confident, and education gives you that kind of confidence that you need as a player. What kills our players today is that they want to play football, but they don't want to be educated. And if you have football skills without education, then you've got nothing to fall back on. So that's the biggest lesson that they need to take from Amanda, that for you to get their balance to
2: education with football. Great stuff. And Amanda, as we celebrate MJ tonight, what would you like to say to her?
7: Um, I'd just like to say thank you, Ma, um, you know, for all the sacrifices. I know the headaches that we've been giving you all these years. I mean, it's been different generations and different uh, crops of players. And you have to deal with so much, um, but you always avail yourself for us. And uh, I think now is the time where people get to actually know who you are. We've known you all these years. But of course, the challenges of women's football is that we lack exposure in all different aspects. It's not just the players only, but the people behind the scenes. Um, you guys, you know, that run and operate um, the clubs from your own pockets sometimes, sacrificing trips with your family, sacrificing everything because sometimes you have to dig into your pockets um, for your, from your, from your salaries to try and make sure that we eat, you know, that we we are happy. But you've always believed in us. And I think um, at some point in time, our success will come full circle and we'll actually try and honour you uh, the best way that we know how and actually celebrate you. So congratulations as well for everything that you've achieved. And we wouldn't have achieved or be where we are as well as individual players but also as a club. The history on its own, you've literally carried it on your shoulders and we hope that... You can always um, carry if get the ladies um, proud and, and represent you well. Excellent. Oh, uh, thank you. I'm
2: proud of you too, baby. Thank you so much. Thank you for that, Amanda. There, We don't want to make you cry. It's like you yeah. are going to break down now. Amanda Lamini, <laughs> let's yeah. let it go. And on uh, the SMS line, Sergeant Denze says, women's football is not taken seriously by SAFA. Even supporters are not too serious about it. So let's go out there and support women's football. Except for the guys... Uh, in pe when asajin ah those guys fill up the stadium when banyana banyana is playing there you saw how it was for that Kosafa cup otherwise it was a or but it was full every single day uh, we've got another voice note here for our guest mary jane Sokela.
8: Um uh mary jane it's a uh, good to hear you on the on the radio um getting that opportunity you deserve uh regarding Ikeria Yako and and, and uh, your football team as well. Uh, because as they've uh, as indicated earlier that when you are part of women's football, you don't get the recognition you, you, you deserve. So I know in that space you are in, it's not easy. From a distance, uh, people might think everything, it's, it's, it, it runs smooth, but I know as a comrade Oguti, where you are, you are still fighting for what is right, for what uh, uh, these uh, 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 girl child deserve, uh, in 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 terms of uh, uh, um, getting our sponsors, in terms of uh, making sure, good in near future, they get salaries because uh, people that don't even know Ugutti, uh, um the sacrifices these uh, uh, young ladies. I'm making,
2: yeah, okay, great stuff. Thank you for that voice note. And we've also got on the line, I'm not sure who's there. Uh, oh, it's Coach Dumisani Tusi. Good evening, Coach. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? We are fine, thanks, Coach. I'm told by the producers that you've worked with the Mary Jane,
9: yes, yes. I mean, for years, when uh, she started, uh, uh, at, uh I mean, umlavs, Ickies, hmm. uh, I'm a Zulu. Until right now, whereby the team is being called Ladies.
2: yes, and how how do you describe a contribution to the game
9: uh looking at i mean if for for the past eight years, if you look at uh, nineteen players that she has uh, produced to the national level, that thing alone is amazing contribution, and also to have the first player who went to to play for Arsenal from I mean, from her contribution is amazing. So, I mean, we can name, name a lot of things that she has contributed to our men's
2: Great stuff. Thank you very much the coach. What would you like to say to her, coach? We're celebrating her tonight. This is her show, actually, so you can speak to her directly.
9: I know what I can say to mommy. I know <laughs> we, have, we have done a lot in terms of our football, more especially women football. But I think, I mean, God is great uh, right now. Uh, I think uh, you you, you are in a space whereby you can still contribute a lot, not also nationally, but across the board. We are looking forward to see more players who can go and play uh, what is so-called PSG, Barcelona, or Real Madrid. Through your contribution, I think that you can do a lot.
3: Thank you so much, Tumisani. I'm looking forward
2: to that as well. Thanks, Coach Tumisani. Thank you for, for joining us. And she's still contributing. And I came across her a couple of weeks ago when she was involved with that engine knockout challenge with Amanda Lamini. And she's so passionate about giving back to young women and women in football and sharing her experience and sharing her knowledge. And I think it just stuck with me how passionate she was there. We've also got on the line... Is this her? Natasha Chiklas, good evening. Ma'am, thank you very much for joining us again on SAFM. Good evening and good evening to your listeners. And for Mary Jane, I will
5: even go with to give an interview because she deserves it.
2: Yeah, and Natasha, we were celebrating you on this show just a couple of weeks ago. Now we're celebrating Mary Jane. How, how do you describe her contribution or, or just her involvement in women's football, having worked alongside her?
5: You know, I'm telling you and what I say to you is the truth and is exactly what happened. Mary Jane is she's in my heart because she's a, a genuine person. Her personality is genuine. She loves women football. She works very hard. We travel together with Banyana many times and the whole time she was concentrate of how to develop women's football we had hours and hours talking about women's football she's got her own club she does development all her life and I'm telling you she's one of the most dear ladies I met in football and she's I'm honored to say she's my friend Mm.
2: and from what I've heard (laughs) of her story Natasha It seems like she also stands ground. She's very strong-minded, just like you.
5: No, (laughs) definitely. You know, she's there. (laughs) We always used to go shopping together when we were (laughs) (laughs) overseas. You know, the one Zulu girl this side, the other Zulu girl that side. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Chwani girl this side, and Uh the Zulu girl that side. You know, we had a lot of fun. But uh, definitely what I like about her is her determination. Uh, She's powerful. Uh, She's a leader. That's the main thing. Mm. As a leader, she did a lot and she contributed a lot. You know, sometimes uh, uh, the problem is people, they can market themselves and you think they did so many things. To me, Mary Jane, she deserves to be In the executive of SAFA, she deserves to be in the top position. She's very experienced. She never asked or, uh, you know, looking for positions. But I can tell you, she does deserve, definitely. And she always has my full support because if it wasn't ladies like Mary Jane, and she's one of the top, 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 she never got paid. Mm. for what she did. She didn't work. I know people they claim they are uh, the founders of women's football and blah, blah, blah. But all the lives, they got paid. They live their life uh, with the money they earn uh, from football. Mm. Mary Jane, she never had that. She did it because she loves football and this is what it's about. I mean, she actually uh, saying. What I always believe: football is bigger than us. So, Mary Jane, I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud to be your sister. I'm very proud to know that uh, through women like you today, we have women's football and uh, national league. And I must thank you for that.
2: Great stuff, and Mary Jane. Thank you so much, Natasha. Thank, I, you, so much, my
3: thank yes. you, my sister.
2: I saw in an interview you did, we read in an interview you did with New Frame Mary Jane that you say Natasha Chiklas was there when Banyana was being rebuilt and she also fought for women's football.
3: Yes, she did. Uh, Very stubborn, I must tell you. She is very stubborn. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) her stubbornness comes from wanting to see that women's football does get the recognition that it really deserves.
4: So no. we
9: just
3: don't tell her to shut up when it comes to women's <laughs> support because
2: she would always talk. <laughs> okay, we've got another caller just for the sake of time, Natasha. Thank you for joining us. But let's go to Emma Lasseni. Mabu, good evening.
4: Uh, evening, evening, evening.
2: Mary Jane is here. Go ahead. What's your comment?
4: <laughs> uh, Mary Jane.
5: Yes, but,
8: uh, yes, because of time, uh, Yeah, I, I just want to be short and sweet uh I know it's not easy, but never stop uh uh, uh fighting the battles of, of of women's football. i know Gucci uh, you are still fighting, and uh, please mama, never stop as they've indicated gucci, you are a strong leader, you are a born leader. Keep it up mama
3: Thank you so much with support uh from you guys we'll keep it we'll fight until we get back
2: Let's take the last voice note.
8: Evening the member Tulani from Holland. thanks for, for educating us about the legends of South Africa, people who don't get the recognition. These are the people who need itself so that the structure of football in, in the ladies can change because now it's suffering. People who don't care about football are there in the top positions. I hope one day they, they take her advices and One day, South Africa gets to honour
2: her. Thanks. Thank you for that, Tulani. And I think that's why we did the show, you know, just to try and honour her and highlight what she's done. On that note, Mary Jane, are you interested in a position at SAFA? Natasha believes you should have a top position. You should be in the executive there. Uh,
4: I think
3: I've had my first share over the years um, of serving at SAFA. But I would really love to see things changing in terms of women's football up there. So maybe it's not about being there uh, per se, but it's a matter of um, the officials, there giving a listening ear to what we're saying down here when we sit in those meetings. If they can really implement all the things that we request, there should be changes in women's support. All I'm pleading for is for them to listen and really, really listen, not just to note and, uh, 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 and do nothing about it because we've got so many things to contribute. We can't all serve up there. Those that are there, it's fine. But when we've got meetings that we can make valuable contributions about women's football and the changes that we'd like to see, let them listen. And for a change, I would appreciate it again that football be the winner instead of politics being the winner, because that's what kills the sport at the end of the day.
2: Excellent. And uh, Roxino says you've put it well. You are not after positions and he can tell that you're a very good woman after listening to Amanda. And thank you very much for giving us your time tonight, Mary Jane. We don't take it for granted. We wanted to celebrate you, highlight what you've achieved and what you've done in the game. And I know there's still more to come. But most importantly, ma'am, we just wanted to give you the respect that we think that you deserve.
3: I really appreciate so much, for my friend, and thanks to God for making it happen. Uh, and thank you, listeners, as well as uh, the, the, the public that made the contribution I had, and uh, I really appreciate it. And to the corporate world, ladies it is still waiting for you guys. We're yes. knocking on doors, come, about and, uh, come on board, and let's carry on women's football, pen.
2: Yes, please, corporate, let's get behind women's football. Let's grow the game here in our country. We're going to have to leave it there. We are completely out of time. My name is Tabi Musia.